You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. First Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16. I'll start reading in verse 1. Thank you for your faithfulness to church. I know that many of you have come from work and you went to church anyway, and that's, that's always a good testimony. And so thank you for being here tonight. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. The Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil, and go, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here on the, in church and behind this pulpit. And I thank you, Father, for the privilege of preaching. And we do ask God, I ask, dear Lord, that you would Help me as I go over the word of God. I pray, Father, it be a blessing to your people who are here so faithful. I pray, God, that you would meet with us. I, I realize that without you, I can do nothing. And so, Father, I pray that you would just help me, control me, and help me to be a blessing. Father, th- these are wonderful people. And I ask God that you would just help me to be a help to all of us here tonight. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text tonight is found in verse 7. The Bible says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. A source of I guess we could say disagreement among Christians is this matter of outside appearance. It really should not be if you would just get the proper attitude about the subject. There are those who will say that, you know, what we look like on the outside does not matter to God. And they use this verse does not matter to God, that God does not really care about the outside appearance as long as the heart is right. Let me say that 
that is only partially true. Yes, God is very interested in the heart, our thoughts, our motives, why we do what we do, the real us, the person that nobody sees but God. Yes, he is very much interested on the inside of man, our heart. And God is also, by the way, interested in us, knowing what is going on inside of our heart. So yes, he is very interested in what's going on on the inside, in our hearts. I know the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful above all things. And the Bible says, who can know it? In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, of course, God knows the heart. And he also wants us to know what's in our hearts. So yes, God is very much interested in the heart. Okay, God looks in the heart. It is a very important matter to God what's in our hearts. And by the way, that's why we ought to spend time in God's Word daily. It's that's how God reveals the condition of our hearts. God tells us what's going on in our hearts. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and the last part of that verse is, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart see the more we spend time in God's word and let God speak to us the more God allows us to see what our hearts are really like and that's why daily in the Word of God, we ought to read the Word of God and allow God to speak to us and allow God to tell us how we are. The Bible is like a mirror. It shows us what we are. Yes, the heart is deceitful above all things, but God says that, uh, and I know what's in the heart. And that's why I left you the Word of God so you can find out what's in the heart. That's why we need to spend time in the Word of God. The last time we opened our Bible should not have been last Sunday. It should have been today sometime. Or maybe you do it at night. Maybe, you know, every night. But that ought to be daily in the Word of God. And that's how God speaks to us. And God, God shows us what we are on the inside. And by the way, God wants us to know what's in our hearts. That's why it's also needed that we be around the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. Pastor says it often. We don't need less of church. We don't need less of preaching. We need more of preaching. You see. We've all been there. And you know pastors preaching away. And in our hearts we're saying. How does he know? He's preaching away. And he said. Who told him? But that's what the Word of God does. You see, the preaching of the Word of God reveals to us what we really are. It's not that somebody told him what's, what you're doing wrong. It's that God told him. And God is using the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit is using the power of the Scriptures to convict us, to get us right with God. It's not that he, you know, goes out there and spying. It's amazing. He does not need to spy. It's amazing how many times... People are covering something up, and God just reveals it. That's just God does that. 
You see? And in the Word of God, God leads our pastor to teach and preach on something. And say, man, how, how does he know? He probably did not, but God led him. And that's the purpose of the Word of God. You see, the Holy Spirit is taking the Word of God and using it to reveal what we are inside. And we ought to welcome that. We ought to want that. We ought to want to know what we are in the sight of God. God wants us to be right with God on the inside. And he uses the word of God to convict us when things are not right. And that's why we need preaching. And by the way, strong preaching. Strong. I'm not talking about mean-spirited preaching. There's a difference. When somebody comes up, comes up and, and preaches and, and with a mean spirit, trying to hurt people. That's not the purpose of preaching. The purpose of preaching is to help people. Though it may be direct and though it may be strong, we need preaching of the word of God. You see, but we don't want that anymore. We're doing away with preaching. Yes, we need teaching. Jesus taught and he also preached. But you know what? You don't, don't take teaching at the expense of doing away with preaching. We need the, the preaching. There's just something. Uh, let me just tell you. There's just something about the Holy Spirit filled preaching that gets the heart right with God. I don't understand it. I don't understand it when God says, by the foolishness of preaching. And by the way, to an unsaved man, it might look foolish. And maybe to even some saved people, it might look foolish. But you know what? It is the foolishness of preaching. It saves us and gets us right with God. There's nothing wrong with preaching. There's nothing wrong with strong preaching. Amen. See, preaching cuts because you're using a two-edged sword. A two-edged sword is very sharp. You don't go like this at the edge of the two-edged sword. You're going to cut yourself. You see, it cuts, it corrects, it sets a direction. Praise God. I'm glad the Word of God is that way. Amen. God says to preach the Word. He says to reprove and rebuke and exhort. What is God saying? Show them what's wrong. That is to reprove. And then tell them to stop doing what they're doing wrong. And that is to rebuke. And then you, you call them back to where God wants them to be. That's exhort. Get back to God. Get right with God. You see. But we don't want that anymore. We, in fact, in that same passage where God says preach the word, the Bible says they refuse that and they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You see, nowadays it seems like the, 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 the normal Baptist church is a lecture hall. Everything's a lecture. Everything is to the mind. Man, praise God, hallelujah, for North Valley Baptist Church that believes on the preaching of the word of God because the word of God God says, preach the word. Reprove. Rebuke. We're getting away from preaching and we're wondering why there's no change in people's lives. They come as they are and they leave as they came. No change in the word of God. There's no conviction. You see, teaching. Teaching. Right here only. Oh, man. But 
preaching of the word of God. Sometimes it sounds, you know, like, man, who is that guy yelling up, up front? But, you know, you don't understand. I, I don't understand the power of preaching. But God uses preaching. Amen. And don't get away from preaching. Praise God. Thank God for a church that still believes in old time Baptist preaching. Amen. 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 Get away from preaching. We're wondering why there's no change. So, yes, God is interested in what's going on in our hearts. He is interested in our inside condition. But when we say that God is only interested on the inside, that God is only interested on, in the heart, and that God does not care about the outside, that is not true. That is not true. Forgive the personal illustration, but the day I got saved, I was very much under conviction. He was at the old property there in Clyde Avenue. Dr. Curtis Hudson was here. I was very much under conviction. I, during the invitation, I don't, I don't even remember the message. All I knew was that I was a sinner. Nobody had to tell me that. I mean, I, I, I was there standing by the queue. Nobody had to tell me. I knew that. I knew I was a sinner. And guess what? Nobody had to tell me I deserved to go to hell. I knew that. Oh, man, unworthy, like, just like the song said. Unworthy, that's me. I knew I was lost, and I knew I was on my way to hell. I knew I deserved that because I was a sinner. I remember Dr. Hudson preaching, then give the invitation. And I was sitting five rows back, amen. Five rows back. And I remember him giving this. He says, if you're here and you want to get saved and go to heaven, he said, would you raise your hand? I was there holding on to the pew. I was under conviction. My head bowed, eyes closed. I... I raised my hand. I raised my hand. And then he did something else. And so I see those hands. And if you just raised your hand, would you look at me? Oh. I couldn't hold it anymore. I knew I was a sinner. I know I'm going to go to hell. I wanted to get saved. I wanted Jesus to be my Savior. And so when he said that, I looked. I broke down. I said, you're looking. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. If you're looking at me right now, I says, I want you to come down the aisle. Somebody show you how to go to heaven. could hold it anymore. I walked down the aisle and I said, I believe. It's all two words. That's all I said. I believe. And in those two words, I meant I believe that Jesus is the Savior. I believe that I am a sinner on my way to hell. I believe that I can't go to heaven any other way. I believe that I need Jesus to save me and forgive me of my sin and give me eternal life. I believe that if I ask him, I go to heaven. Yeah. Woo! Praise God, oh my. Yeah. 
Oh, amen. Oh, amen. What a day. What a day. Jesus was calling, and I must go. I came forward, but the slide took me to the steps right outside, right where the nursery is now over there, Clyde. It showed me the plan of salvation. Oh, I praise God. I asked Jesus to be my Savior. And then Bersalia said, well, now that you're saved, God wants you to be baptized. I said, if that's what God wants me to do, I want to do it. After all he's done for me, if that's what God wants me to do, I'll do it. I got baptized that same morning. Oh, praise God, man. I'm going to come down on my own invitation, man. Woo! This is good. Hey, man, praise God. Hallelujah. Don't ever get over that salvation. Don't ever get over the fact that Jesus saved don't ever get over the fact that you're not going to hell anymore. Don't ever get, get over the fact when Jesus died on the cross, he had you in mind. And on the cross, Jesus died for my sins and yours. Don't ever get over the fact that you're going to heaven, that you have eternal life. And you're going to see the streets of gold. I'm going to see the gates of pearl. I'm going to see Jesus on the throne. I'm going to live forever with God. Don't ever get over that. Woo! Praise God. Don't ever get over that. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. Don't ever get over salvation. We're still talking about this matter now of the inside and the outside. Had you seen me the day after I got saved and just saw the outside and you knew I was a Christian, you'd say I was backslidden. This was back in the 80s. I had a very beautiful long hair. I was pretty. <laughs> long, flowing hair to my shoulders. Parted in the middle, man, 80s style. I didn't have a comb. I didn't need a comb. I had my fingers. Whew. I was cool. Yeah, that's how I look like. What you did not see is that in my heart, I had a love for God that I've never had before that time. I was so glad I was saved. If we're not careful, we judge a person based on what we see on the outside. Even Samuel, the prophet, the man of God, got it wrong. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, 
or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outside appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. But purpose, and that's exactly our point. God does not care how you look like, just that your heart was right with him. Again, let me say this. That's not true. That's not true. I don't know how soon after I got saved that I started thinking about my beautiful long hair. I, I remember before I got saved debating with my brother, he got saved before me. He said, where does the Bible talk about short hair on man? And of course, he showed me. He said, oh, okay. Uh, so how short? <laughs> yeah, it's right there. <laughs> oh, but, but how short is short? Got you there. How short is short? But you know what? Something happened after I got saved. The Holy Spirit now dwelt inside, and he was now working on the outside. That verse, 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen, doth not even nature teach you that if a man have long hair, it is the same unto him. It bothered me before I got saved. It didn't bother me anymore. I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. I remember shortly after that, going to barbershop. And for the first time in many years, I told him, says, I want a haircut over the ears, please. It's the first time I saw my ears in many years. I said, hello, ears. Hi, Tom. Nice to see you. Now, don't miss the point. The fact that I had short hair did not make me more spiritual than someone who had long hair. But I did look different on the outside. Let's not be quick to judge a person based on his outside appearance because we don't know what's on the inside. Let's go back to the message. Is God only interested on the inside and not the outside? The answer is God is interested in both. We ought to be right with God on the inside. And God wants us to be different on the outside. There's a movement going around, this grace movement. Everything is about grace. You can live the way you want to live because it's all under grace. You can act the way you want to act because it's all under grace. You can look the way you want to look because it's all under grace. You can do whatever you want to do because it's all under grace. They say God understands that I can walk and talk like I want, dress like I want, behave like I want because it is all under grace. I'm glad we're saved by grace. But again, that's not true, that you can just live the way you want to live, look the way you want to look, behave the way you want to look. God is very much interested in how we look, how we act, how we talk, how we dress. Yes, God is a God of grace, and thank God for his grace. But God is also a holy God. 
Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were, they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Isaiah the prophet saw God in his glory. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yes, God is a God of grace. But guess what? God is also a holy God. And you can't have one without the other. God is grace, but yes, he's also holy. God is very interested in how we look on the outside. Because it does show that we are different from the world. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust, the, the desires in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy. So be holy in all manner of conversation or lifestyle or whatever we do in life because it is be holy for I am holy. In God's dealing with Israel, he wanted them separate from the world. He told them, I want there to be a difference. That's what the ceremonials with laws were all about. It showed that they were different from the world. And God says as Christians, there should also be a difference in how we look, yes, on the inside, but yes, on the outside. That includes, by the way, our expressions. There ought to be something that says we're Christian on the outside. I remember when I was a prison guard, my captain, uh, he, they had the pictures of the officers on the wall that are mug shots. He called me in one time and says, man, you look like a mass murderer. Says, I'm sorry, Cap, but that's the way I am. That's how I look. You know, R.A. Torrey, one time I was reading his biography, R.A. Torrey said, yeah, that's one of the things I had to uh, 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 overcome is the fact that people think I'm always mad, you know. And so, but, I mean, this is the face God gave me. I'm sorry, you know. If, if I look mad, I'm not, actually. I'm always kind, always. I'm never, I've never been mean. <laughs> I'm also a liar. <laughs> you see, that includes our expressions. Uh, the point is, there has to be a difference. Yes, in the heart, but also on the outside appearance. You know, our outside appearance should reflect that we have been with God, that we are close to God. I mean, what a sight that was when Moses went up to the mountain, spent time and many days with God, alone with God. And uh, Exodus 34, 29. It came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wished not or knew that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. There was something different about the face of Moses. The countenance of Moses was changed. Why? He spent time with God. There was a difference. And by the way, 
Our outside appearance should show that there's a difference between genders. Deuteronomy 22.5 The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. How'd you like it next Sunday? I come to the platform wearing my man's dress. <laughs> Folks, that's not right. The opposite is also true. We're quickly headed into a genderless society. Basically, we decide what gender we are. And we can just say, you know what, I don't belong to gender. I think they just passed a law in California. You can claim to be binary. That means you're either or. Folks, you're either a woman or a man. There is no such thing as in between or no, no gender at all. There's no such thing. You're a man or a woman. Figure out what you are and then look like it. Hey, man. You see, women should dress like women and men should dress like men. If people have to guess your gender, there's not enough of a difference. Amen. Amen. I'm not preaching heresy here, folks. It's Bible. I stand with God. I hope you stand with me. Because if you don't, you're on sinking sand. God wants there to be a difference. Really, folks, God wants there to be a difference. He doesn't like it when the genders are confused. There's a reason. There's many reasons for that. But he just doesn't like it. There has to be a difference. Oh, prison. Nah, I don't believe that. As long as the heart is right, it's okay. God is not interested on the outside. Actually, God is interested in both. Let me close with these statements. I would rather have a person who is right with God, who may not be what we think he or she should be on the outside, than someone who only looks good on the outside, but the heart is not right with God. I take that first person all the time. Why is that? That person has a good attitude. God can help him. The other person is trying to deceive. God can't help him. You see, I'd rather have the person who's right with God on the inside, who may not look what, like we, we think he should look on the outside. I'd rather have that because of the heart. Change does not begin on the outside. It begins on the inside. As a prison guard, they, they don't call it prison. They call it correctional facility. That is a misnomer. They don't correct anything. And you know why they don't correct anything? They work on the outside. They never do anything on the inside. That's why 85% go back on the inside. It doesn't correct anything. You don't change the outside and hope that they'll get better. No, it comes from the inside. Change comes from the inside. That's why soul winning is important if we're going to change a nation. You can't change a nation on the outside 
You got to change them from the inside. Don't try, try to make someone look like a Christian. Get him saved first and see how God works on their heart. Change is from the inside, not the outside in. Concentrate on being right with God in the heart. And God will work on the outside. Just concentrate on what's inside. Are you right with God? If not, get right with God. And God will work the outside. Let's not judge others based on the outside appearance. Don't, don't discourage someone who is trying to do right. I just think that's so mean. Somebody comes and tries to do what's right, and somebody says, well, you know what? Uh, you'll never make it in life. I mean, good night. You know, uh, what you trying to do? No. Why don't we help them out? Instead of kicking them, kick them when they're down, let's not judge others. Don't discourage someone who's trying to do right. If you're here and you've been saved a while, and you know right from wrong, the rebellion in your heart will always be revealed on the outside. You can't fake it. You can't fake it. It always shows on the outside. God is interested on the inside. And he is also interested on the outside. There has to be a difference from the world. There has to be. God says we are a holy people. We are a holy people. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.